This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday, it's the 10th of November 2023. We're all rather excited today because of a brand new product launch. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Breaking news. Yes. Oh. Breaking news. CJ Stephen Scott there. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That doesn't really work, does it? Um, yeah, we're all rather excited here at Double Tap today because a new product launched this, uh, and we're talking a brand new product that's come out, and this is first iteration, first time we've ever seen this type of product, and it may be the most accessible and most blind-friendly device ever made. Ugh. <laughs> I didn't know, know what else to say, to be perfectly honest. Well done, well done. So, uh, yeah, moving on. And <laughs> uh, yeah, next. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about it. So we mentioned it yesterday. It was the Humane AI pin that everyone has been kind of talking about in the background. Um, and I think this is just... Watch the 10-minute launch video. We're going to play some clips of it today so you can get a sense of how it works and what it will do. And I think, I hope you'll recognize why I'm very excited about it. I think we all will be when we learn about what its capabilities are. Of course, still a million questions about how this will work and how available it's going to be, because this is being launched in the US first. It's always the US, isn't it? US. Is it? On the 16th US. of this month, I believe, you can. Uh, it will start shipping. Yeah. If you've pre-ordered, it will start shipping at <sighs> 699 US dollars. Interesting. Um, no, that's not interesting. I think it is. No. I tell you what's interesting. Huh? The subscription cost. <gasps> yes, that's it's true. It's a yeah, subscription-based uh, model. So you 20... love monthly payments. I hate monthly payments. Twenty-four <laughs> ninety-nine a month. That is because it is basically its own uh, mobile phone, cellular phone carrier. Because T-Mobile uh, cellular. Oh. Sorry, am I saying that wrong? You did, you did a minute ago, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, 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 thank you very much for picking me up on that. Did I mention <laughs> I've got a cold? Uh, no, it's fine, Stephen Scott. <clears throat> so T-Mobile are providing the data and voice connections for this. Mm. Uh, so twenty four ninety nine a month because you can make calls and obviously you need the internet connection there as well. So the first question everyone has who's not been following this story is, what is it? Well, thankfully... There was a video. Welcome to Humane. This is the Humane AI pin. It's a standalone device and software platform built from the ground up for AI. There's two pieces, a computer and a battery booster. Now the battery booster powers a smaller battery inside the main computer. And this is how we achieve our all day battery life. So if you ever exhaust the booster, you just reach into your pocket or bag and hot swap it. This is a perpetual power system that allows you to use your AI pin for as long as you want. There are no wake words, so it's not always listening or always recording. In fact, it doesn't do anything until you engage with it. And your engagement comes through your voice, touch, gesture, or the laser ink display. It also comes with its own connectivity built right in, our own humane network connected by T-Mobile. 
It runs a Qualcomm Snapdragon chipset, and that means it's really fast, which is crucial for AI. It's got an ultra-wide RGB camera, depth sensor, and motion sensors. And it's got this really special speaker that creates this bubble of sound. It can be really intimate, or it can be really loud. It has an indicator that we call the Trust Light that is built directly into the AI Pin's hardware via a dedicated privacy chip. The AI Pin comes with a beacon that lets you know when it has something for you. Like messages from trusted contacts or services like cars or food as they come available online in the future. We don't do apps. Humane's OS runs AI experiences that are on device and in the cloud. The OS understands what you need and picks the right AI in the moment. What this means is that you no longer have to search for, download, or manage apps. These AIs are streamed on demand at the speed of thought. Let's play some music. Play the song, How Music Makes You Feel Better. We've partnered with Tidal, which you get out of the box, and you can do some amazing things. I can also use it to ask questions like, when is the next eclipse, and where is the best place to see it? This is an AI browsing the web or grabbing knowledge from all over the internet. The next total solar eclipse will occur on April 8, 2024. Best places to see it are Exmouth, Australia and East Timor. I can use it for messaging, either by voice or laser. Tell Andrew I'll be there later tonight. Your message to Andrew says I'll be there later tonight. Okay to send. Make me sound more excited. Your message to Andrew says I'll be there later tonight. Can't wait. Okay to send. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So just to give some context here. So this device, as far as I can tell, would be like taking an iPhone and slicing it in half. And it's kind of that that size. It's like a little square around that size. Maybe Maybe a little bit thicker than that. So maybe even think of the Galaxy Fold, or not the Galaxy Fold, That's what's the one, the Z Flip? Well, I, I don't know. I'm guessing, right? I'm just guessing based on what they're talking about here. Uh, oh. It may be smaller than that. I don't know. I've not had hands on with we this. We need I don't visual know. confirmation. Anybody? Visual confirmation. But, you know, the thing is here, this is something you can wear on your lapel. It works by this magnet. So it's going to bring back the big lapels of the 80s. We can look forward to some fashion changes coming. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, you'll wear this all the time, if you wish. And it will be your smartphone. It will be your device to communicate. It will be your knowledge base. So it's like taking Lady A, your iPhone, all the best bits of it, and putting the whole thing into a smart speaker you wear. And this is a, this is a proper smart speaker, right? This is total smart speaker stuff. Um, and at that laser ink he talks about, that is where you hold your hand out. And if you have the vision, and unfortunately, I don't think this will work for us, but this is another way of interacting with the device. And it kind of works in a similar way to what we've seen with the Apple Watch recently with the double tap feature and the, the assistive touch features of the Apple Watch, where you can kind of hold out your hand and a display is placed on your hand. It's coming from the device, like a little projector is being beamed out onto your hand. And you can interact with that. You can, in the demo and in the video, I didn't play this here because it's all very visual, but you can actually move your hand back and forward, left and right, and that shows different options. So if you wanted to skip a track or pause a track, you can just move your hand around 
to achieve that. Um, and in order to enact something, you just do what Double Tap is doing with uh, or the watch, where you just take your thumb and your index finger and you just tap it together. And that actions something. Uh, and there are lots of other commands as well. But ultimately, that is another entry method for using this. But you can use the whole thing with your voice and, of course, by touch as well. I am kind of blown away by this because this feels like this feels at the right time for this because AI has been developing and a lot of us have been wondering what AI will look like, what it will actually be as a product in the future. And this is clearly step one. Oh, yeah. I see this as the natural evolution of the smart speaker. I mean, why just have smart speakers in your house, right, when you could wear it? Uh, and you're absolutely right. This is all because of the LLM. The, uh, the sorry the the large language model capabilities mm. of AI. Otherwise, you know, imagine this running your run of the mill voice assistant. You'll be forever correcting yourself. It would mishear you. I mean, I'm not saying those problems are going to go away 100, percent but it's so much better with these new LLMs and the new AI. The dictation and voice recognition is absolutely amazing and that's the reason this is possible there's a couple of things that stood out to me though mm. was the depth cameras or the depth sensors i mean basically are we talking like a lidar on here in which case there could be some very interesting um, applications slightly concerned about the lack of an app store um i'm, I'm not sure how i feel about that to be honest I, I don't know how if someone wants to implement something i mean are we just dependent on humane themselves to implement certain features i'm thinking you know, no accessibility i don't think wise. we are i think this is going back to the point about see this is this is where i think accessibility is going to play a bigger role i've seen a few people sort of grumbling and groaning about whether this will be accessible or not and i think those who are complaining about it are really missing the point you know by its nature and this is not going to be accessible to everyone out of the box, because I'm aware of that. I think of a regular contributor, Colin Hughes, who has muscular dystrophy. It seems as if you have to physically interact with the device in order to use it at the moment. You would even, if, even in order to speak to it, you have to touch it. You have to actually physically press the device to action it. You can't just summon it by voice, as, as the guy said in the video there. There's no wake word as such. Now, mm. that is a missed opportunity at the moment. But look, this is all software-driven, right? So they can fix this. They could build these features in. And this is a conversation that we hope we will have with Humane at some point. And those who are working with Humane at this stage will hopefully consider that. Um, I can also bring you a little bit of breaking news from Access Tech Live. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, Access Tech Live yesterday had Mike Buckley on. Uh, we had Mike on, of course, CEO of Be My Eyes. He was reacting to the big news of the week uh, regarding OpenAI's Dev Day, he announced to us on the show that he is working with Humane regarding Be My Eyes. And that's huge news because that means, once again, Be My Eyes at the forefront of these new developments. Yep. And can you imagine that technology being inside a device like this? This is where I think there's a huge conversation to be had around what technology is going to look like in a year. And, you know, we've got the Vision Pro coming up as well next year. I have a hunch the Vision Pro is not going to be the success Apple wants it to be. Because I think no. ultimately the problem here is cost. It's not an accessible price point. That's the issue for the Vision Pro. Well, aside from that, we look still haven't got an answer. Instead. We still haven't got an answer whether third-party apps will be able to use the cameras anyway. 
yeah, which is a whole exactly. selling point for us, at least. Yeah. Um, yes, of course. And Mike Buckley um, mentioned Humane, I mean, a long time ago when we spoke to him about mm-hmm. Be My Eyes, and he brought it up about it's a very interesting thing to look out for. Um, yeah, okay. So, so there are third-party implementations going into it. It just, I, I just... The yeah, whole, sorry, there is so, no so, app store made me a little bit nervous. But to your point about that, right? So to, to the the way I'm thinking about this is less of an app store and an AI store is kind of how I'm envisaging this to be. So let's say, for example, it's your because we always do the same thing. We start to get back to the first principles of what we use our smartphones for. So let's say banking. Now, for banking, for a lot of us in the blind world, especially this was the first time we could access our banks. Now, it wasn't always easy at the beginning. There were lots of new bank apps coming along, but none of them were accessible. Mm-hmm. And it took time to get there. And we've got there mostly. There's some better than others and all that. And there always will be, I guess. But when it comes to AI, what I'm imagining will happen is there will be an AI version of that app developed for these devices. And what will happen is you will talk to that now, it will meet, and obviously we have to get into the realms of what will be security and banks will have a lot of questions around, okay, so how do we make that work? How do we ensure the person we're talking to is the person who holds the account? There's lots of work to do. And, you know, that is going to be stage two, stage three, stage four of the development of all of this, all that implementation. It's great at the moment. You can play your songs, you can call your friends, but when you want to get into stuff that requires perhaps biometric or facial recognition, how is that going to work? So lots of questions. But let's just imagine we've got past all that. We're at the stage now we have the ability to use the Chase banking app, for example. And Other banks um, are available. Yeah, I'm just picking one out there, to be perfectly yes. honest. I'm thinking the most universal one. So, okay, so go for Chase, right? Um, so Chase have a banking app, and now all of a sudden I can talk to that banking app. That is how I think it will develop, right? So you're going to have an AI agent, that you can talk to. And can you imagine how wonderful that is going to be? I mean, you think about it. My interactions with the bank, I don't know about you, but mine's are fairly simple. Check yes. my balance. Yes. Um, send money to my wife because yes. she needs more. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, or, or send a, a $10 to Sean Priest or whatever it is. You know, but it's not oh. much more complicated than that because I'm just talking to names that I've put into a system. So it's actually Absolutely. easier than even my contact list, to be perfectly honest. So the interaction capability is huge verifying accounts all those things that we do we could do by voice easily and it would make it even more accessible this is why i think the people who are sort of clamoring to say well why haven't humane talked about accessibility i think are missing the point first off it's a day one product i think we have a long way to go And and i know i'm maybe a little bit more patient than some but i am patient about this because first off this is going to take a long time to develop maybe not as long as as it has taken the iphone to develop I mean, the iPhone really hit its stride what, after, what, four or five years? Mm-hmm. I think this will take a year. I would year. say so, yeah. I think this will be a year in development because the thing is we're up to speed. You know, we're up to speed. The technology is all available to us. It's just going to be the companies. I saw this article the other day. You know, if your company is not looking at AI now, you're already a year or two behind everyone else. And that's the, that's the point. The companies that are thinking ahead will be able to implement fairly quickly and will make interesting experiences and because we're talking screenless devices which means simpler interaction models that is going to make the whole process so much easier for us no more swiping around no more searching for things 
I mean, I want to play in some more of these clips, right? Because this is really interesting. So there's one called Catch Me Up that I think will really interest a lot of us because this, I think, is a, a perfect example of making something as simple as your messaging app more accessible. Catch Me Up. Yanir asked if you want to get hookfish with Sam this week. Michelle sent some notes about today's design sync. Andy and Adam are on their way over. We're using AI to search through messages. What's the gate code that Andrew sent me? The gate code that Andrew sent is 7361. Before, I'd have to scroll through a long text chain to the last time I went to Andrew's house. Of course, you can make a phone call. Call Yanir. Hey. Hey, Yanir. Can you help me with this demo? Be right there. Thanks. Now, of course, you can also use Bluetooth headphones at any time. So that's good news about Bluetooth headphones and calls. That's nothing new, right? We've had that for long enough with our Siri, although I have to say, um, for me, Siri, calling Sean Priest mobile. You don't have a mobile number for Sean. You have a home phone number for Sean. Yes, Would you like to call Sean Priest home? Yes, Yes, I would. That's why I asked you to call Sean Priest. Yes, I would. Thank you. Yes, please. It's easily to get annoyed. Let's be fair, though. That's impressive. But hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, all our phones... And our smart speakers will have that same AI capability. This is all about the power of AI that makes this possible. This is yes. a new form factor for it, obviously. Um, but what is the use case? I, I think I would, I would definitely use this all the time. Just, I am so used now to just asking questions to the air to a room mm-hmm. and expecting some smart speaker, whichever one it is, <laughs> to give me the answer. Something talk to me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I mean, it's so, I, you know, how many of us have actually, you know, said, Lady A, what's the time when we're outside and there's no Lady A about or something like that. It's become almost second nature to be able to ask questions and having this actually on your person, a wearable smart speaker, basically. I know I keep going back to smart speakers, but it just seems like the the evolution to me. It seems like the natural progression. And again, going back to the accessibility, not by design, just by its very nature of what it is. It should be accessible. Of course, we've got other things. Is there a companion app that goes along with this? How accessible is that? And that's you know a whole different discussion. But being a voice interface, at least from a blind point of view, we know accessibility shouldn't be a major issue, hopefully. See, you're, you're again, you're looking at this as an accessory rather than yes. the device on its own. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's the opposite. I think this is a, a totally new category of communication devices. You know, we've had the evolution. We've had the, you know, big brick mobile phone with the antenna we had to pull all the way out to, you know, the little shorter with little stubby aerials to, you know, grayscale to WAP to, you know... Oh, you know, now touchscreens, then, you know, evolving from touchscreens to even more useful touchscreens. You honestly think this would replace your smartphone? Absolutely. Are you kidding? Because you, what you're you're looking at today, you're looking <laughs> no, no. at this as a no, today no. solution. I'll you're saying, you oh, well, today at. I can't replace my smartphone with this, which you might be right about, but that's not the case of the future. No, in the future, absolutely. You know, this is running, I'm going to say it, Stephen Scott, Android. I don't care about that. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't care. Okay, okay, okay. What is that cool. going to do with anything? Uh, uh, well, exactly. But I know you and Android, Stephen Scott. This is running Android. 
I know you're not going to be into that. Um, no, yeah, but I'm uh, not having to interact with it. I'm not having to use a touch screen. You're ignoring the Android <laughs> side of it. No, I'm ignoring I, I, the talkback side of it. I'm, which... I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But I, I agree with you. This could be a replacement in the future. And they know that. They're not selling this as this a This is Gen product. Zero, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, not trying is, to, is, I'm not trying to dismiss it because I'm very excited by it. This yeah, is the first yes, iPhone. Yes, yes, yes. That's the point, right? That's And, you know, because if you think about it, we never had the conversation. I mean, we, we, we just didn't because, for a start, there was no shows like this around at that time. But, you know, we didn't have the conversation, what will we do with this iPhone? What, how will this be a, a use case for us? I would rather have a Nokia whatever with talks because, you know, at least I can get access to my messages. That's the, that's the conversation we would have had back then. And look how far we've come and look where we've gotten to. And I think this is the same. In, in a year's time, we're going to have a very different conversation about this, probably via a humane AI pin. And you'll be listening via your um, chest. Well <laughs> yes, done. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to uh, double breasted. Uh, oh, I didn't like that. Let's quickly breast. move on. There we go. That's uh, it. Very exciting. Look, any any new in- innovation like this, any new platform coming out is always exciting. I don't think you're as excited as I am, and I'm appalled. Well, I'm very, very sorry about that. <laughs> You've disappointed I'm, me today. No, no, I came, honestly, I got up this morning. I watched that video. Yes. And I was bouncing around like a pinball in a pinball machine. You mean, I'll tell you why I'm slightly less excited. Have you gone to their website? Uh, I watched the video on YouTube, so I didn't, but I'm guessing it's as inaccessible as anything. No, no. It's, it seems okay. quite absolutely beautiful. Oh, okay. Except the address, hu. M-A-dot-N-E. That annoyed me for some reason. I mean, All right. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we're going for reasons, good yeah. reasons to slaughter the company before we start. <laughs> What's the matter with a good old dot .com? Stop being all trendy and fashionable. Do you want to hear about the camera? Because that's going to interest a lot oh. of people. So computer vision is how they are p- p- pitching this, really. Let's have a listen to uh, a bit of the video uh, here. With computer vision, the AI can recognise objects. And we're starting with health and nutrition. I've got goals that I've set up in my AI that I no longer need to think about. How much protein? These almonds have 15 grams of protein. Great. I'm going to eat it. Enjoy it. And later I can ask, how much protein have I had today? You have had 22 grams of protein today. It's really cool. When it comes to retail... The AI pin allows you to shop in the real world, hold up an item to learn more about it, and transact seamlessly on the go without relying on screens. How much is this online? This is $28 online. Great. Buy it. When you want to take a photo, just double tap. Or video, staying in the moment, capturing the whole scene and generating a gorgeous image. It'll remember everything you input into notes and then recall what's relevant. I mean, yes, yes, take my money. Yes. Take it. A th- I, I'm just a guy standing here in front of you with an open wallet saying, <laughs> take money everything. <laughs> How many calories are in this burger? <laughs> a thousand. I'm well, there's, there's my fitness pal app subscription cancelled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, there is a lot of disruption in this. Very, yeah. very cool. As long as it promises on that, if it can deliver that promise, then um, absolutely. Yeah, very interesting. 
One other area which I thought was interesting, and this, I think, again, you know, if you just look at these things in isolation, and I get so I get so sad at, at journalists that do this, that you know, especially in, in the tech world of disability, I think that we often look at what we're seeing rather than what could be. And that, that irritates me sometimes because I think, come on, guys, look, just look ahead here, right? So here's one example. This is translation capabilities, live translation. Estamos casi listos para enviar la versión final. We are almost ready to ship the final version. Great. I can't wait. Thanks so much. Genial. No puedo esperar. Muchas gracias. So what happened there is the AI auto-detected Spanish, interpreted to English, and replied back to Yanir in Spanish with my intonation. I can also force it into any language I'd like to speak or understand. So not only is it translating, it's giving tone. It's giving the, the the sound of the person's voice in there as well. And again, this is all the culmination of all the learning about AI. I mean, even going back to the point about messages, mm-hmm. you know, you're sending a message in return and you listen to that message back and ah, I didn't like that message. You can use AI to regenerate that message, you know, sounding happier or sounding more serious or more formal or whatever you might want it to do. And that's the, that's the kind of culmination of all the bits again. You know, it's all these bits starting to come together uh, and into this, which is really interesting. But that translation example, bearing in mind there's a camera in this device, means that there could come a time, and it, it's not impossible, certainly not impossible anymore, we're already seeing technology that can do this, where a blind person and a, a totally blind person and a totally deaf person could have a conversation together using this type of technology. And that is where things get really interesting. Now, and I know before you get into this, and I'm getting emails saying, well, hang on a minute, how would a deaf person hear the responses? Okay, so yes, clearly, and I said this yesterday, there has to be other input methods and has to be other output methods as well. So more what needs to be done on this to make it more accessible without a shadow of a doubt. We don't know where the company is on this. They haven't spoken about accessibility. All the journalists out there who are complaining about it aren't asking the questions either. So, you know, time to ask the, ask the questions, time to answer the questions, time to find out what Humane thinks about all this. But look, for a day one product, if this promises even half of what it's offering, I think this will be a huge success. And this, although it may feel a little bit unusual, it's hardly new in this world to be walking down the street, double tapping devices, swiping, oh, communicating. No. It, it, the taboo has gone. I remember the day, my very first mobile phone I had was I think it was a Nokia, maybe it was a 3330 or a 3310, maybe it was earlier than that, I can't remember. But whatever one it was, I remember being on the bus and it rang. And everybody on the bus looked at me. <laughs> They're like, what was that? Who's got a phone A phone on a bus? What is he this? Is this a government? Yes. Is this a, is this a <laughs> private jet I'm on? Um, and there's some wings falling off. What's going on? So... <laughs> You know, it was like nobody could understand. Well, it's the um, same with Bluetooth headsets. I mean, walking they, down they, the street, talking on Bluetooth headsets, yeah. people used to find that weird. Again, I used to be really self-conscious about it. I'd yeah. hate doing it, and it was funny. It the first time long. I was ever, first time I was ever in London and England, and I remember going down the street, and people, I thought the guy was talking to me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh hi, yeah, hi, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you doing? I still do that today. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and he's like, uh, hi. I'm actually on the phone, and I'm going, oh, very sorry, so sorry, didn't realise. 
And that's it, you know. And of course, that taboo has now gone. Um, pretty much, you know. I mean, in fact, I think it's gone the other way. You have these really horrible people who will just play their. They start playing their music like over Bluetooth speakers on the bus. On the bus. I mean, that's come on now. It's not the eighties. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> so interesting times for sure. Anyway, I'm very excited about it. You might be able to tell. Uh, yes. Watch the full video on the website, doubletaponair.com, and uh, we'll be following this story and, of course, providing our commentary as we go along as well. Dot I com. am very excited. Doubletaponair.com. Well, I said that. I know. I'm just reinforcing the dot .com. The well, traditional way. Yes. You're proud of us. I'm proud of Holding on to those traditions. <laughs> We're hanging on to tradition with our fingernails here. History is important. That double tap, yeah. <laughs> uh, stick around, more to come. This is Double Tap from AMI Audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Now, here on Double Tap, we talk a lot about different features of the Mac and the PC. And uh, Michael Babcock uh, who, of course, hosts the Unmute Presents podcast. He's also part of the Technically Working podcast and pretty much any other podcast out there you'll ever find, uh, which features Michael Babcock, uh, <laughs> is available on the internet now for you to enjoy. So go check it out and uh, check out uh, Michael, as I say, uh, his own website. I think it's payown.media is where you'll find him. Pay, P-A-Y-O-W-N dot media. Dot media. Uh, mm. Not dot com. Yeah, yeah. I mean, flops the side down, really. Yeah. Um, but one area that he got in touch with uh, us to tell us about, and it's something which I have found extremely useful, in fact, I use it every single day to do this show, is a feature called NumPad Commander on macOS VoiceOver. And Michael's here to explain more about it. All right. So today I'm going to walk you through accessing the VoiceOver utility and then setting up your NumPad Commander. By default, the numpad commander is not enabled. And this requires you to go into the voiceover utility and enable it. So we'll start with VOF8, which you'll hear. Opening voiceover utility. Voiceover utility. Once that's open, simply tap command 8. Commanders. And that takes you to the commanders tab. Now, if you press VO right arrow, or in my case, I'm going to use my numpad 6. Trackpad. Numpad. Keyboard. Quick nav. And that's the four different commanders you can set for voiceover. There's the trackpad, which allows you to have gestures that apply to just your trackpad. Your numpad commander, which gives you the ability to navigate voiceover from your numpad. Keyboard. Keyboard commander, you can pick the right option key, which is what I use, and apply different letters or numbers or keys on your Mac computer to do different things, kind of like you can with the numpad commander. And lastly, quick nav. I have no experience with the quick nav commander, but I think there's some powerful things there. For today's demo, let's choose numpad. And we'll press VO space. Selected. You hear that numpad is selected. If we press VO right arrow. Keyboard, quick nav, enable numpad commander, checked. That by default is unchecked. You'll want to check that. And then if we press VO right arrow again. No modifier, modifier key. If you press VO right arrow. Numpad commander. This is a table that you can interact with, and we'll interact with this. In NumPad Commander, row 1 of 17. 1. Item chooser selected. 1. 
So there are 17 items that you can assign to your numpad commander. If we simply VO down arrow, we'll hear two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, clear, equal, slash, asterisk, hyphen, plus, enter, dot. So as you can see, there's 17 items that you can choose. We're going to press VO right arrow. Escape. And for me, if I press the period or dot with no other modifier, this is the same as an escape key. So I'm going to go up to the top. One, row one. And we're going to go one through all of the previous buttons. And you can hear how I currently have mine configured. Yours could be different. And we'll show you how to configure it and explain the modifiers in a moment. So press VO right arrow to get to the column of uh, actions. Item chooser. Move down. Menu button. Move left. Perform action for item. Move right. Stop interacting with item. Move up. Start interacting with item. Go to dock. Go to menu bar. Open window chooser. Go to desktop. Open voiceover help menu. Open shortcut menu. Menu button. Escape. And that's the uh, items that we currently have selected. Now, that's if you have v no modifier enabled. Let's stop interacting with this table. Out of numpad commander. And then I'm going to press VO left arrow to go over to... No modifier. Modifier key. We'll activate this menu. Menu check mark, no modifier. And I'll go through real quick and let you hear the modifiers that you can apply to any of the keys that we previously listened to and that key at the same time. Command, option, control, shift, numpad zero. So as you can see, there are four different actions that can be activated or performed while you're holding modifier keys. So I'm going to demonstrate to you what I have with the zero key, for example, because that means I can hold the zero key down with my thumb on the numpad and then use the numpad commanders. Numpad zero. We'll press VO space on this. Numpad zero. Modifier key. And now we've changed the modifier key to the numpad zero, which means if we press VO right arrow. Numpad commander. Row 17 of 17. And interact with this. In numpad com And I'm going to go to the top of this. Zero one. Row one. As you can see now, it says zero one. Zero two. Zero three. Because those are what you need to press in order to activate these functions. I'm going to go back up to the top of this table. Zero one. Row one. And then I'll go down the list of actions that are currently assigned with zero plus the respective keys. Find previous link. Find next link. Find previous visited link. Find previous heading. Find next heading. Find previous auto web spot. Find previous control. Find next control. Find previous web spot. Find previous table. Find next table. Find previous image. Find next image. Find next web spot. Find next auto web spot. Find next visited link. Rotor. So, for example, zero period will do the same thing as VOU because it's your rotor. There's a lot of different actions in here. I'm going to go ahead and go up to the zero one. Zero one. Row one. And we'll press VO right arrow. Find previous link. And we'll press VO space. Menu. This pops up a menu where the first option is always unassign find previous link. Unassign. So if you want to unassign this, then you can. But we have these categories of options, and I'm not going to show you them all because as anyone who's poked around in here knows, there's a lot here. But I'll give you a quick overview of the categories. General. Information. Navigation. Text. Web. Find. Tables. Size and position. Audio. Braille. Visuals. Speech. Hotspots. 2D Braille. Custom commands. Custom commands. Each of these options, you can tap the right arrow key to go into. Custom commands. Open application ellipsis. And yep, that means you can open applications. You can even run custom shortcuts or Apple scripts from your numpad commander if you'd like.
When you're done making your assignments, or if you hear something you want to assign to this specific action, simply press VO space, or in my case, number five, and that'll activate that element and assign it to that key. That's a brief overview of the numpad commander in your voiceover utility on macOS. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm curious, and maybe others are as well. Do you use numpad commander or other commanders? And if so, what are some of the ways you have yours set up? Feel free to share. Why? There you go. Thank you, Michael. Um, I use it every day. I absolutely love numpad commander, and it actually really changes how accessible some areas of the Mac are. So, yep, I love it. Excuse me, just one second. Are you listening, Elgato? Are you listening, Logitech, with your options software? You can make this sort of customization accessible. What are you doing? Sort yourselves out. Thank you. That is really, really impressive. So that gives you a total. I've done the maths. This is absolutely possibly true. A total of 67 possible combinations combinations of commands mm-hmm. you could assign to the number pad. It yeah. would be 68, but zero is one of the modifier keys in one of those cases. So I think that's right. So um, that is very, very cool. I mean, you could play around with that for, I don't know, hours and hours setting up just how you like it. How good is that? It's amazing. And, you know, the thing is, the way I have it set up is I have my general navigation very similar to Michael. So it's basically 2468 are my kind of navigation keys. Five is my select. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm on the web, I'm holding down numpad zero. And that is actually how it's set by default. So numpad zero and any of the numbers associated with that particular key being held down associate for the web. So when I go onto Safari now, I hold down zero, press five, and it takes me to the first heading. And it means I don't have that issue of being stuck in the toolbar like I used to be, stuck up the, to the top of the Safari. If it loses focus for whatever reason, I can quickly get back. Uh, I've set up landmarks, I've set up buttons, I've set up links, and I've set up headings uh, on that. And so I can easily navigate around. There's even one which I've uh, chosen, which is, and this is an interesting option, which is uh, go to visible top. Oh, hello. Uh, or visible start, which it takes you to the top of the web page, basically. Or visible end takes you to the end of the website. Uh, and of course, there's lots of navigation options. You can nudge the mouse around with this. You can do lots of different things. It is so cool. And with all those different commanders, it's, it's brilliant. The only thing I will say is don't feel too bad if you're like me. You've set up just a few because there's a lot to remember. That's the problem. You can kind of go wild on this and you could set up lots and lots and lots of things. But then you've got to remember what they are. And what I would say is if you yes. are starting out with an unpad commander, just maybe keep it simple to start and just add one or two. Like, for example, number one for me is item chooser. That's really handy. Uh, number three is screen curtain, so I can have it on and off as I need. Um, I think plus for me is copy last phrase spoken to clipboard. Uh, I've got another one which, if I use the numpad key, adds that uh, last spoken phrase at, to the desktop as an MP3 track. Oh, so if I want to keep a phone clever. number, for example, I can use that. Um, again, just get voiceover to say it, and then it will uh, record it as a voice note for you. I mean, it's just oh, so cool. So, so cool. I don't know that why you don't use the Mac. Nice. You've, got an, uh, you've got an M1 Mac sitting there, and you don't even turn it on, and it blows my mind. Wait just one second. Didn't we just book a session together 
for oh, you to wait. introduce me back into the Mac. I am because... going to get you all Mac'd up, baby. <laughs> okay. No, honestly, it's this sort of thing that I do miss about the Mac. There's some things that just work so well, and that's one of them. But again, listening to Michael's amazing demo there, I still hate the interacting with the table to do things. Ah, it drives me crazy. But I'll get used to it, Stephen, I'm sure. Do you know what's funny? I was exactly the same as you. I was exact. I hated interaction when I first started using it. I think what I've learned about it is because you're able to move around the screen and you're able to navigate around more quickly, once you kind of understand how the, na- the interaction model works, because we all understand how it works, right? You get to a table, you interact with it, and then you can w- move within the elements Absolutely. of that table. Totally, yes. se- totally sensible. Yes. But then when you learn that actually there are deeper levels that you can navigate into and out of, then you realize how quickly you can navigate the system. Once you've understood that, and of course, theory, like everything else, yes. and unfortunately with this, it, everything is a, is a learning experience. Um, that's the only downside. Everything is a learning experience, and every app is different. So you have that problem. There's less consistency to some degree with Apple. It's just sometimes I find myself having to think, okay, do I need to interact? Or what, am I stuck in here? I need to, oh, I need to de-interact or whatever it is yeah. to get out of it. I find myself sometimes interacting in just a text label and stuck in there. You know, <laughs> Sometimes it's, eh, I just need to get used to it again. So yeah, I am looking forward to us, um, to you show me back to the Mac. The only problem we're going to have when we do this session is and I know everyone's going to ask us to record this so we can all listen to it because oh, I no. can feel this is something we're all going to want to hear. But I think the problem is there's so much to show you. I fear overwhelming you because I know myself how excited I am. I, I just I, there's so much to it, you know. There's and it's you know what fascinates me that quick start tutorial you get from macOS mm-hmm. is so behind the times. It doesn't teach you half the things. You could you could be shown. I mean, I, there's no like welcome to the numpad commander. Yeah, and I, and I don't understand that kind of stuff. You know, so why are they not even just showcasing it in a highlight? So it gives you a sense of what the thing is capable of doing. Because you could go through that tutorial and just think like you do with NVDA. Oh, so just arrows and tabs will do then. Yeah, and actually, exactly. there's so much more in there. Why are they not showcasing that? Because these features are amazing, and the fear is that if we don't talk about them, they'll just say, "Oh, well, no one's using it. We'll just take that out to replace it with something else." Yeah. Never touch item chooser. Never touch the commanders. They are ingenious. The, the trackpad commander is one I've never really gotten into because I don't. I just don't know. I mean, it's good in a lot of ways because it does bring back that similarity with iPhone. That's where you people know, have been good for that. advised to use it. That that's, yeah. that a lot of people jumped on the Mac in the early days when we were so impressed with the accessibility on the iPhone. A lot of people I know went to Mac computers as well, and of course it's not the same. It's it's a desktop environment. It's it's mm-hmm. more complicated. But the Trackpad Commander gave you those swipes and gestures that were familiar to you. But it's it's pretty limited. Well, it's as limited as the Numpad Commander is. In other words, you can go in and you can customize. To, to your heart's content. I mean, in that section where the numpad commander is, there are other commanders in there. You've got the quick nav commander, the keyboard yeah, yeah. commander, uh, which is a whole other thing. I mean, you can you can assign other keys holding down, say, for example, the right uh, control key or the right command key or the right option key. You can have different keys associated. So again, you can have even more choice. Um, and, you know, this isn't even, we haven't even touched on, and this is something Michael and I have talked about, we have never really touched on 
the actual keyboard shortcuts menu within Apple itself, right? So Mac has its own separate keyboard shortcuts area, which would be like the mainstream version of it. And you can go in there and you can customize that to your heart's content as well. Yeah, I've been playing around with a feature called Expose or Exposey, I think it's called. It's, it's been around in the Mac for years. And really what it does is it takes an individual application and exposes all of its windows. You have two levels in that regard visually. So you can have Exposey, which will show you the individual windows of uh, an application. So say, for example, we've got Audacity open and you've got four sessions open. You can hit the expose A key and all four of them will show up on screen. You can arrow to the one you want, hit enter, and you're into that window. Totally yeah. cool. Mission Control does the same on a system level. So, for example, if you had six or seven applications open, you hit the Mission Control icon or the button, it will show you all of the applications and you can just choose which one you want. But there are equivalents to that in VoiceOver as well. And there are even commanders you can set in the numpad commander, for example. I've got one set called Switch Window. And what Switch Window does is exactly similar to the window option on the toolbar where I can go into, I've got my four Audacity sessions open. I want to go between them. I can just hit the Switch Window and it will just cycle within that application all the open windows. So, you know, you can find so many ways to do the same thing. And that's what I love about the Mac in that regard. There's so many different ways. So one way just doesn't really work, feels a bit clunky. You can try a different way. And this is, the, I think, sometimes the thing that's missing is that, and it's difficult. I understand it's difficult because there's just so much to learn and there's oh, so yeah. much. And you show someone, some. I mean, like when I was showing the numpad commander, and it was actually, got to give all credit to him, it was Brian Fischler at the, that Rubline Tech show. And I think that's the first time I ever heard Brian on that show. And it was that feature I heard. And I was blown away. And immediately, and I don't do this very often. I hear things a lot. I hear a lot about different features and tech and stuff. And I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. I must check that out. The next day, I replayed that whole interview, that whole review he did. And I sat with my numpad commander and set it up. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was because I had that problem where I was getting stuck in the Safari toolbar and I couldn't figure oh, out yeah. without now interacting and uninteracting how to just get to the heading on the page, get into the website. <laughs> and then I realized I could just hold down zero, press five, and I was in. And I thought, oh, you've changed my world. It's weird, and though. Why would it. it work like that? Why would that do it? Yet a, let's say, just uh, an H quick nav to jump to the first heading wouldn't jump you directly out of the toolbar and into the first heading of the web page. Isn't, don't you find that a little bit inconsistent? Yeah, well, there's also the issue with the Mac that and I think there's ways to change it. But, you know, for example, like kind of, that's one thing I love about JAWS, right? So you've got, or, or I guess, any browser or screen reader these days on the Windows side. I go to a web browser and I just hit H and I'm on the first heading. Can't do that on the Mac. There's ways to do it, but it gets in the way of other things. That's the problem. When you change one command, you can impact on other things. But you can have that single, uh, you know, if you wanted to, you could have single letter quick nav if you want enabled, and you can sort of toggle that on and off. The way to do it on a Mac, if you want to do that, is to hold down VO, Command, and then H. So you have to ah. add a few keys to the mix to get it yeah. to do it. It is possible. That is I'll the let, equivalent of the NumPad 5. Let's not get... Um Let's keep this balance because in Windows you can get. I've been stuck in the you know toolbar at the top of a browser before, no matter if yeah. it's Chrome or Edge, and you've got to do the F6 to get to the actual web page itself. But I just I just remember back in the Mac days on Safari, it just used to be a little bit inconsistent, and I could find myself for ages stuck in that toolbar. I'd have to close it down and open it again. Um, but hey, 
I will find out. It's all new. Uh, listen, we don't have a lot of time left, which is annoying because I've got so much I want to talk about. But let's uh, move on. <laughs> Sorry, get him on the phone, will you? Uh, I want another hour. Um, <laughs> the listeners don't, but no, we they do. Don't. No, we do. Uh, oh, well, I do. So Gordon got in touch with an update. Remember, he was having problems with his glasses and using Ira. He couldn't get the microphone to connect. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, uh, there's an update to that. Hello, double tappers. Gordon from Livingston in Scotland again. Couple of things. First of all, an update on the issue with the Ira Explorer app and the microphone being muted on my Rumen audio sunglasses. There was an update to the Ira Explorer app, and I'm delighted to say that when I called Ira today for help with the task, the Rumen glasses connected and the agent could hear me perfectly well. Yay! Board feedback while the um, call was in progress, but once we connected, it was absolutely fine. So well done to Ira for fixing that issue so quickly. Really pleased about that. And secondly, I've just updated WhatsApp on my MacBook. And I am delighted to say that the new version is actually accessible with voiceover. So it's been a long time coming, uh, not before time. But again, things are looking good. Okay, that's all from me. Speak again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gordon. I'm going to take that button away from you, Stephen Scott. You overuse it. Now, why didn't you tell me that WhatsApp was now accessible on the Mac? You're forever giving me reports on the state of WhatsApp. Um. Okay. Well, I'll be, I'm intrigued to know more, Gordon. I'm intrigued to know more. Uh, so I do have a little bit of a story about WhatsApp, actually, and it's not. Oh, we attached. haven't got time. Oh, no, we do. No. We do. Oh. Well, I've made sure we have time. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> that's the joy of being in charge of the show. I, I know what I'm doing sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the WhatsApp story was I was having a little bit of challenge with it. Yeah, it is accessible. It is absolutely more accessible. But I would argue, Gordon, it's not quite as usable as the PC version. In fact, I would say it's not anywhere near as accessible or usable as the oh. PC version. I just find getting around the PC version easy. However, I found a solution. Uh, okay, let me scratch that. Michael Babcock found a solution <laughs> and told me about it. And um, It's ours now, Michael. We've stolen it. Uh, but yeah, basically what he did, uh, which is kind of ingenious in a way, is to use voiceover hotspots. Now, if you've never used hotspots before, and it's probably no surprise, um, and I really have to be careful about this because we don't have a lot of time and trying to explain this in a couple of minutes. But ultimately what a hotspot does is it allows you to create a shortcut to a specific area on the screen. So, you know, something you select on screen, you can make that a hotspot. As long as voiceover can get focus on it, you can make it a hotspot. It means whenever you go back to that hotspot, it will take you right to that position. So I've got mine set up very simply. The first item in my chat list um, so usually it's a message from Sean Priest. Right. So, you know, I, I go to Sean Priest, I make sure focus is on there, and I set up a hotspot by holding down VO and shift and pressing the number one, and that creates the shortcut. That creates the hotspot. Uh, voiceover, of course, again, for those that uh, are new to this, is command and option. Or sorry, control and option, I should say. So control and option, uh, shift and the number one, and that sets the hotspot, Okay. Then I moved into the chat list itself, the chat history, went to the very last message and chose that as my hotspot number two. So again, VO shift two to set that. And then I went to the text edit, but the text edit field selected that so that I was interacting with it. 
Again, choose that as hotspot three. Choose the uh, voice message button as number four. And that is how I navigate around WhatsApp because I've essentially taken control away from the interaction model and all of that nonsense and just skipped all that. And just I just go straight to where I want to go to, which is exactly, in a way, what NVDA did and what JAWS did with their shortcuts. So it's kind of like I've just built it myself using hotspots. You're a hero, sir. I saw a very uh, similar thread on AppleViz. They had a, a thread about Windows Web and hotspots on the new uh, version of Sonoma. And uh, someone was using the same method inside Messages to go to the conversation yes. list and the conversation and the text field. Did exactly Works. the same there. Now, it's also important to say that if you do this, um, you are there for taking away any other hotspots, right? So if you, if I'm using four hotspots, then that's it. I've used those four. And if I was to go to a different window, a different application, and choose that hotspot and, and set, try and set a new one somewhere, then I would be replacing that hotspot. So if I go back to WhatsApp, it will no longer work. However, there's a workaround with that, and that is called voiceover activities. It's in your voiceover menu. Uh, When you go into voiceover utility, you can go to voiceover activities. You can select an application, and you can give that application specific requirements. So you can choose the web style of navigation, the voice even, for example. You can can completely customise how that app behaves with voiceover. So whenever you you control uh, Command-Tab to that application, you will have those particular settings enabled. It will just automatically happen. Now, one of those is hotspots. Now, if you enable that and then set your hotspots, it means that when you come out of that application, you can have hotspots in other applications like Messages or on the Safari or anywhere, frankly, and you can set them per application. That is super cool. And it means that you can have those. uh, And uh, the key, of course, for me was to have similar setups in Messages, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Messenger, you know, any application that's got that similar feel but has awkward navigation, you can set it up the same way. It means when you use those hotspots, they're familiar to you because it's the same layout, you know, chat list, message list, and then text field and voice message for entry. If you keep that comp- if you keep that kind of across the board, it will make the experience more accessible for you. You're having to build it yourself, but it does make the whole thing more accessible. Too much tech, Stephen Scott. I'm getting Sorry, headache. I know I'm this sorry. This isn't us. I know. I feel bad. I feel bad for people who were expecting, I don't know, donut talk or something. Um, <laughs> very interesting and very is, useful. I'm loving that feature. And, you know, this is why I love the Mac so much, because I feel in some weird ways it's like super customizable. And maybe the NVDA and the JAWS thing is more customizable that way, but I just haven't found it. Um, yeah. I just never get into it, you know? Web so spots, I think, hotspots, yeah. and window spots are something I wish that Windows had, I must admit. There is some similar add-on, place markers add-on, but mm. very limited compared to the Mac hotspots. It's so useful. The, the thing is that the the forever conundrum with a Mac is that it is that it's one of those devices where you you do have the frustrations, you do have the challenges, you do have the issues. There are things that don't work as well as you would expect. But, you know, it's that compromise in the end. For all the features you do get that are brilliant, like item chooser, numpad commander, voiceover activities, all those things, it's kind of worth it to put up with the bad stuff just to get to that good stuff. You know, it's like it outweighs every time. It's the same on any platform, though. There's good and bad, right? Yeah. But, you know, I'm looking at apps like Final Cut Pro, eventually Reaper I want to learn. 
Yes. These are big applications, lots of navigation required. If I can simplify that process and make it easier, why not? Why Super not? Cool. Uh, listen, that's it for today. Uh, news tomorrow, uh, of course, with Grace Schofield on Double Tap Express. Parp, parp. Oh, uh, parp, parp. Sorry, I've got a cold. Oh, yeah. It's a sad and sick train this week. <laughs> uh, check us out tomorrow for the Express. We're back Monday with even more. Thanks for listening. Sean, have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.